Engaging conversation on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Well, hello, friends. Pro-Life leader Frank Pavone here, National Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to Pro-Life Primetime, where you can see tonight I have a guest. She is one of our staff people, Mary Stein, and some of you are in contact with her because she handles the correspondence, answering emails, answering letters, phone calls, and inquiries into our ministry to help people be up more like yourselves, get more involved in the pro-life movement. Mary, welcome to the program. Thank you. So we should tell our viewers, we're going to start off with a prayer, of course. Uh, but uh, as we go into that prayer, we want to pray in Thanksgiving because you just finished one year working for Priest for Life. How's it been so far? It's been, it's been great. It's been a lot of learning um, and a lot of getting to know our staff um here and there's been also some new additions to staff so continually you know getting to know people um and continuing to learn things mm -hmm. it's a great uh, it's a family spirit here really yeah uh, and the staff have a lot of good times together yes. and uh mm -hmm. you know we uh, and as mary said we are welcoming new people on staff as well as we continue to expand so thank you for a year of this work and we look forward to many more let's pray Father, we thank you for the gift of life and for the opportunity to defend it. We thank you for the work that uh, you entrust to not only us here at Priests for Life, but to all our viewers, the opportunities you give us to, to defend the unborn. May we continue to advance this cause with vigor, give success to the work of our hands, bless all those who are on the front lines of this battle, bless those who may be tempted to have abortions that they may choose life, bless those who have had abortions, that they may find your grace and healing. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So what I asked Mary to do in preparation for this program is to isolate a few of the questions that our audience sends us uh, and that she answers regularly. So you've done that. You've given us a few questions mm -hmm. here. And we want to answer them for you, brothers and sisters. And uh, I hope that uh, they'll, you'll find helpful the guidance that, uh, that we give on these matters. So, so the first question um, they, this person asked, um, can I myself be pro-life but not do anything to further the pro-life cause? Mm -hmm. Well, of course, what people can do in the cause is going to vary from person to person mm -hmm. based on their circumstances in life, their vocation in life. You know, a lot of mothers say to me, oh, my pro-life work is raising my children, <laughs> you know, and uh, priests, of course, we want all priests to be doing more. But of course, they also have their all their obligations from morning to night in the parish and so forth. So we don't say that there is any particular amount of hours or quota of activities that a person needs to be doing to prove that they're pro-life. Someone can certainly be pro-life in their attitude, that they, they believe in the sanctity of life, they think every abortion is wrong, they want to see the babies protected. You can certainly be that way and end up doing much more or much less in terms of actual pro-life activity. But should you be doing everything that you can 
Certainly, yes. And doesn't this remind us of the scripture that says faith without works is dead, mm -hmm. right? The letter of St. James, it's like, okay, if you say you believe, but then you're not acting according to that belief, it, it, something's wrong. It, there's an inconsistency yeah. there. So certainly we can say that too. It's like, uh, you know, if can I call myself pro-life but not do anything? Well, if you're not doing anything, now, sometimes people can be too harsh on themselves, you know, I mean, not doing anything at all. You should be doing something, even if it's just, you know, uh, reading some good pro-life material, maybe passing on some brochures, mm -hmm. like the many brochures that we provide, uh, sharing a pro-life post on social media. They don't even have to create mm -hmm. one. They can just share, again, the ones that, that we put up there on all our different social media platforms. So we do need to be doing something. And haven't you found that when people write in and they they want to know what they can do, once they do one little thing, they end up finding more mm -hmm. opportunities to do other things? Yeah, and then they meet more people, more like-minded people, and then they see what they're doing, mm -hmm, and then they invite them. And mm -hmm. It snowballs. Yeah, yes. It, it does. It does. So uh, start somewhere. You can start small. Nobody's going to look down on you, you know, for the number of hours you do or don't mm -hmm. uh do pro-life activities, but but do something. Attending a march is a very simple uh, activity, right? I mean, you were in Benedictine College, right? You had yes. regular march, march. You participated. In, yes. You kind of we, went to the march for life. Yeah, we right? always took a, a giant, well, we took multiple giant buses and we, you know, did that. I think it was, uh, I think it was a day of that. So we'd sleep on the bus um, and then we would get there, you know in the morning of the march but yeah yeah mm -hmm. and i'm sure for a good number of students uh there from there and from elsewhere that's basically their pro-life mm -hmm. activity and that's not a bad start that's what got me started in the pro-life movement so um, all right good question yes what's the next one <laughs> um so the next one is how can i start a pro-life group mm -hmm. well now you were part of the pro-life group in college right yes how, so, how did that mm -hmm. start that was already established so mm -hmm. that had been established for many many years um so i'm not sure how that started um but when people ask me this question i usually tell them well you know talk to your priest or pastor about that um and see if you know they have any ideas on how to start that um and then try to find a few people who are really passionate about the pro-life movement and then you know because it's you know, it can only, it doesn't need to be a lot of people it can be, you know, one or two people, mm -hmm. but then that can be your base, you know, and then you can jump off ideas from those people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's an important starting point. Do I have other people committed to the same goal? Mm -hmm. like get, even if it's just one other person, you got the two of you, that's the start. But I would say too, in answer to this question, how can I start a pro-life group? Identify the objective. What's the need that you want to fill? What's the goal you want to accomplish? I make this distinction, uh, Mary. Sometimes people will come together and they say, well, we want to form a pro-life group. We know we can do a lot of good things, but they haven't identified what those good things are. Mm -hmm. So they end up coming together and just talking and just having a meeting. Now, there's benefit there, but if people are coming together just having meetings, eventually what you're going to see is the number of people coming together is going to decline. A lot of people come to an mm -hmm. initial meeting just to find out, hey, what's going on? Mm -hmm. Am I needed? Am I wanted? You want to find the people that you invite to the, to the meeting, and you want to make them feel needed and wanted. 
But you want to, you're going to do that by a, a, a identifying a particular goal, even before you start the group. What does our group want to accomplish? So, for example, some groups in town, and it doesn't necessarily have to be connected with the parish, right? Mm -hmm. you, to your case, it was connected with a college. Yes. Many people, the group is connected with the parish. It doesn't have to be either one of those things. You can start a pro-life group by inviting people to your home. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, the question is this. What do we want to accomplish? So, for example, some groups come together and say, well, what we, what we want to accomplish is we want to place in a certain number of homes, let's say, in our community, information about the local pregnancy center. We want to make the local pregnancy center more known in our community. So you announce that goal. Who's interested in promoting the pregnancy center? You get the first meeting together, you go to the pregnancy center mm -hmm. and, and, and get a tour learn what they offer, create a little flyer, start going door to door and putting that flyer, not in the mailbox, but on the, you know, on the door mm -hmm. and spread the word. And then, because then something like that, it's measurable. You know, you've succeeded. Oh, hey, we, we, we made a flyer. We built a relation with the center and we distributed a thousand of these flyers. Now that's success. So you got, you've got a measurable success. And what does that do? That'll motivate more people to be part of the group. So this is how, how you start. You can start with any number of goals. They can be small, big. It's good to start small, but 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 not, not so small that it's not a challenge. Yes. You want it to be some kind of a challenge. And then uh, get good guidance from established pro-life groups. We're always, we're always eager to encourage groups that are, I mean, you must in your in your correspondence be communicating with um, a lot of different groups mm -hmm, yes. that are established mm -hmm. or are, are getting mm -hmm. going, right? Yes. And they ask you for, well, don't we send out literature for them and uh, mm -hmm, yes. ideas? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's good. And they appreciate that guidance. So those are some of the initial ideas. Yes, wonderful. <laughs> um, so then the next question is, what are some areas um, of talking points about the pro-life movement? Um, that are most important to highlight um, because this came from a man who was presenting to his newly found um, pro-life group. Right, right. So he kind of had to make the case of, you know, why is this an important, you know, group to have here? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Some of the most important talking points. Yes. Have you ever seen an abortion? People who have an opinion about abortion or think they have an opinion very often have never seen one. Mm -hmm. They've never seen the pictures of abortion. They've never heard a description of the process. We have to start with that point. What are we talking about when we say the word abortion? Because in many people's minds, it's a word that has no meaning. So to talk about the, uh, the movement, we have to identify what is the movement fighting? Uh, what is the evil that we're trying to eradicate? Because this is a movement that has formed around the existence of this, this terrible evil of abortion. And so many people don't know what that evil even is. Now, we point people, don't we, to the uh, place on our site that mm -hmm. they can... The graphic images. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That website, lookatabortion.org. Uh, um, you, start, you start there. What is the... Who is the baby? Um, and showing that this is the most dependent the most fragile, the youngest and smallest of our brothers and sisters in the human family. So a, a key talking point for the pro-life cause is, are we responsible for one another or not? The idea that choice is more important than life 
just doesn't work in, in any other arena. You know, oh, I choose to go through a red light. No, I have to respect the lives of the people who are going through the green light the other way. And, and it's like the basic point of are we our brother's keeper? Are we neighbors all together? And so you develop that, you, that, you know, you, you, you tie into the awareness people already have that we're supposed to help each other, supposed to protect each other. And you simply say, well, why would we be excluding the youngest children mm -hmm. from that? You include them into something people already recognize, you know, our duties to help one another. What does a, who is the baby? What does abortion do to the baby? How does abortion help versus hurt women? Isn't it amazing how the people on the other side, they don't even want to ask the question of how abortion impacts women's health. They want to call it health care. Mm -hmm. But what does it do to women's health? We point them to the studies of how damaging it is, right, and how harmful it is. Uh, and then tell them about how we point people to the testimonies of those that have had abortions. Yes, that's one of the things that I told him, you know, look at the Silent No More testimonies um, and then also um, to talk about healing programs, you know, for people who have already been through an abortion um, or, or who have participated in abortion, um, you know, so they can get healing there. Um, and promote that, you know. Mm -hmm. Let let those voices speak. Mm -hmm. They speak very. They they are the talking points. You know, when they say to us uh, how they thought this was going to be a choice, they thought it was going to solve a problem, and what do they end up telling us? It only mm -hmm. created more problems. Yeah. Do we have one more question? Yes. Um. The last question is: How can I help get abortion-minded women? Um, to go to pregnancy centers. Mm -hmm. And this actually, this was really interesting. This woman, um, she was a bus driver and the route that she took um, went past a abortion clinic. So some of the women that were on that bus um, were going to get an abortion or when they came back on the bus, they already had had that abortion. Wow. So she was experiencing that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, getting abortion-minded uh, uh, moms to the pregnancy center is one of the most important questions, practical questions. We are actually saving lives when we do that. The first answer to that question is, of course, in a generic way, we've got to make the work of the pregnancy centers better known. How many people are getting abortions because they don't, they don't know that there are any alternatives? They don't even know that the help is there. Like we always say, it's not freedom of choice. Uh, it's people who feel they have no freedom and no choice mm -hmm, that are true. getting abortions. Letting the community know about the pregnancy centers. Now, I don't know what bus company she works for or what the rules or limitations are, but you would think, wow, wouldn't it be great if every time she drops someone off at that spot, she could hand give them a little mm -hmm. flyer of information before they get off the bus, mm -hmm. you know. Yes. And, and again, you have to see what you know what the parameters are, what you're allowed to do. But my goodness, if you know that they're you're dropping them off that spot, chances are they're going in that place, or, or they might know for sure. Give them a little a little piece of literature that shows you know the alternatives to abortion. In fact, we we um, in the correspondence department are always telling people about where they can go to find the pregnancy centers, right? Yes. The, I mean, mm -hmm. nationwide. Yes. And then they can just type in, um, you know, their, uh, their zip code and yes. then they can find the closest one there. That's mm -hmm. right. That, that's uh, for the option line, as it's mm -hmm. called, pregnancycenters.org. Yeah. Pregnancy but Friends, memorize that, by the way, pregnancycenters.org. Uh, that's that, that's the, uh, this is where it starts, promoting the awareness that these mm -hmm. places exist. Now, 
the abortion-minded woman, let's say you're taught, you know she's abortion-minded. Okay. There's a difference, by the way, between, you, you, in your question, it says abortion-minded. There's a difference between abortion-minded and abortion-vulnerable, right? A, a person who's abortion-minded has decided that she wants to get an abortion. Mm -hmm. A person who is abortion-vulnerable is in a situation where she might be tempted to have it. Yes. She's too young, an unexpected pregnancy. She's got a lot of financial difficulties, stress in her life, maybe friends who are pressuring her, but she hasn't necessarily decided decided to do that. Okay. How do we get the abortion-minded person to the pregnancy center? We have to help her to understand, first of all, of course, once she knows that the center is there. On our end, we've got to make sure these centers are as well-equipped as possible. That's why we always encourage the centers to become medical clinics. Mm -hmm. And more and more of them are. Why is that a benefit? If you could send them to a pregnancy center that's a medical clinic, and we're not saying don't send them to the other ones. We work with all of them. But psychologically, in the mind of the abortion-minded woman, oh, I can go see a doctor at Planned Parenthood. Or they have a, that abortion clinic is a medical facility. Now, some of them are not, and, and a yeah. lot of them pretend to be, but they're not. But psychologically, if the, if the pregnancy center is also a medical clinic, now you're not choosing between a doctor and just some nice person that wants to help. Mm -hmm. You're choosing between a doctor and a doctor. Yes. So it levels the playing field, first of all. Secondly, you want to let that person know, listen, these are these are people who are going to help you. Uh, they're not going to, people at the pregnancy center, not going to pressure you. They're going to listen to you. And the way you're feeling now, one of the things I often say to people who are abortion-minded, the way you're feeling now is not the way you're always going to feel. And the circumstances you face now are not necessarily circumstances you're always going to face. If you're having financial difficulty now, there are people who will help with your finances. Mm -hmm. If you don't have a job now, we can help you find one. Those circumstances can change. You abort the baby now, who's going to be able to change that? True. You don't get the baby back. So before you make a decision that is irreversible, why don't we look at maybe some of the things that are reversible? Mm -hmm. And you won't feel the way you feel today. What you want to do, in other words, is try to help her not to feel she has to rush into this. Now, obviously, the clock is always ticking with the pregnancy. But tell her, even many of the states have this built in. You know, even if she goes to the abortion facility, they're going to say, well, we can't do the procedure today. You have to come back in 24 hours. You have to come back in 48 hours. Why do some of the states have those laws? Because people are, if they're in emotional distress or if they're in a state of panic, they are often going to make a decision they're going to regret unless they take the time to get a little bit more information and think and pray about it more than they have already. Uh, so um, two other things, showing people the pictures we were talking before, yes. right? Childrenbeforebirth.com, right, is one of our websites mm -hmm. that shows the developing baby, childrenbeforebirth.com. And this is one of the things we have to do for the abortion-minded woman. Says, so "What are you going? What are you going there to abort? Mm -hmm. Have you seen your baby yet? You know, and, and tell her you can get a free ultrasound at these pregnancy yes. centers. And then, of course, looking at what abortion is going to do to the baby. Mm -hmm. This kind of go brings us right back around to what we were saying in answer to the first question. Show people what an abortion is. Mm -hmm. Look at abortion.org. 
Uh, that has, I've seen right before my eyes how that has changed an abortion minded woman's mind. I mean, I've stood out in front of abortion facilities with the mm -hmm. pictures of the aborted babies and saw people stop in their tracks. Yeah. And it would not go, oh, I can't do that to mm -hmm. my baby. They say that, right? Mm -hmm. These yes. pictures have an impact. Yes. After seeing that, how can you, you know, how can you kill that? You know, after seeing that. Mm -hmm. Because in their mind, they're doing something good. But then that mm -hmm. picture shows, no, no, you're doing something destructive, mm -hmm. you're doing something terribly evil. Um, well, these are some of the answers. You know, friends, if you have questions, of course, Mary, we have that website, uh, abortionquestions.com, yes. right? You get mm -hmm. those questions each mm -hmm. day and, and respond to those people. But explain to them, we also have some pre-made answers on that site, don't we? Yes, we do. So commonly asked questions we have on there. And then we have um, we have your answers on there. So if it's, you know, a question that we already have answered, you can go on there um, and search and look and see if we already have an answer to your question. Um, and then you also can just, you know, message me, email me um, at, you know, mail at priestforlife.org or correspondence at priestforlife.org. And we can get you an answer for your question. <laughs> and then, you know, the more that uh, folks that you turn in, tune into the different programs that we have, uh, you can also ask questions in the comments as you watch the programs, or sometimes the very things that we're talking about will provide those, um, those answers. So thanks, Mary. Uh, you also get a lot of um, praise from the uh, people who contact us, don't you? Yes, definitely. For, for our work and for the uh, the different materials that we put mm -hmm. out and so forth. You get the praise and you get the complaints too from some people. Yeah, some of the, the pro-choice people like that. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> they like to call in. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, yes, yes. They have to vent somewhere. Yes, right? <laughs> someone. So hopefully we give them something to think about mm -hmm. once, once they do that. So this is Mary and once again, Congratulations on completing the yes, first thank year you. of work here at Priest for Life. She has a great uh, team of colleagues here as well. And we all look out for each other and support and encourage each other. So we will do more of this periodically when we take questions that we've received. These are actual questions that Mary received from viewers like you. And, and uh, we want to provide the best answers possible. Check out ProLifeQuestions.com. Check out our broader website, EndAbortion.us. And now let's turn back to the Lord in prayer and uh, and thank him for this opportunity to defend life. Lord, we, uh, we bless and praise you for the calling that you have given each of us. Lord, we ask uh, your blessings on our staff here, including Mary, as they continue to serve you in this great ministry uh, and all those that are working in so many other pro-life organizations. We thank you, Lord, for the, uh, the people who uh, come to us uh, looking for the encouragement and information that they need. Uh, bless your people, as we have discussed today, who are looking for what they can do for the pro-life cause. Uh, bless, Lord God, those who uh, need uh, to speak about this issue. Give them the words of wisdom as, as you promised that the Holy Spirit would give us when we need to speak up. And as your word tells us to always have a, a reason for the hope that we have, always have an explanation for the faith that we hold. And Lord, bless those too who are starting pro-life groups uh, and want the guidance on how to do that and keep them focused, keep their, their minds on specific goals that they can accomplish and keep them encouraged and bring many other people to these groups that are forming. And finally, Lord, for those that are abortion-minded, we ask you intervene with the light of your grace 
to turn them away from this destructive act that will destroy not only their baby, but themselves. Turn them away and enable your people to speak words of counsel that will give them the strength to turn away from evil and to choose life instead. We ask all of this through Christ our Lord, and we pray now the words that he gave us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray to our Heavenly Mother. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Well, thanks, friends. Join us again for our programming uh, tomorrow. And meanwhile, thanks again to Mary and all our staff. And thanks to you. Keep up your great work in this great cause. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.